There's some speculation about elections in the air. And don't worry, I'm not going to get on my soapbox and talk about feminism, the cost of living, or queer rights. I wonder who of you remember Ed Miliband? He was a Labour leader before he was hijacked by a bacon sandwich, as shown in the standard newspaper. You may remember another politician who was hijacked by a cake. Whichever you prefer is immaterial to my talk today. Anyway, back to Ed. It was he who first coined the phrase, the squeezed middle. These were a group of many of us who were too well off to be entitled to social security payments, but were also struggling to get by on our wages with bills, housing, food prices and the like. We didn't have shares, hedge funds and rich relations to protect us from having to face the daily grind of the working class. The phrase, the squeezed middle, came to me when preparing today's sermon. The idea of the middle, sitting between the Christ bookends in our lectionary readings. Bookend one is the beginning of all things, or how they began. In today's very famous gospel reading, from John's prologue, we read that in the beginning was the Word. It's probably my favourite book of scriptures. It's believed to be the most recently written out of all of them. And it tells us that Jesus was part of the three-in-one Godhead before the world or we were created. Brian Zand says that the Word made flesh is everything God had to say about God's self in Jesus' teachings, his ministry and his actions. Bookend 2 is the end of all things. Or rather, how things turn out. Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, says that through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. We might also picture Jesus at the end of the age, as shown in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, where death and dying are no more, and he wipes every tear from every eye. But there's a bit of a problem. There's a bit of a time lag. One that certainly Paul wasn't expecting. Paul told disciples not to marry, but to spread the good news because the end of the age was coming soon. I think a better translation of soon there would be suddenly, in the blink of an eye, but not soon as measured in Kronos time. As for us humans now, we are not in the beginning with the word. 
And we are not at the end with our resurrected king and priest at our marriage supper. So like Steeler's wheel, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And that middle can be very squeezed indeed. War, poverty, crime, sickness, death, grief, hatred and discrimination. All these things take their toll on us. Some of my dearest friends are in such pain at the moment and it makes me feel powerless and angry. And I think life's horrid squeezing can be made even worse than it needs to be by three false beliefs. Firstly, we don't believe in the happy ending promised by Jesus. There are a lot of sayings that abound in in secular circles that also creep into Christianity. The only things that are certain are death and taxes. Make the most of the time you have, for life is short. And even, Jesus was a good man who taught the way to live, but then he died, and that was that. I'm with C.S. Lewis on that last one. Either Jesus was a liar, a nutter, or he was telling the truth. What do you think? Now, all of us can doubt at times. So I think it's really worth pondering the bookend scriptures about creation and restoration to shore up our faith. It's also worth meditating on our historic creeds. We'll say one later during the communion service. And it's worth having a talk to God about. Having a settled faith, at least on those things, can be a comfort. The second of our false beliefs is that we get hung up on why God lets bad things happen. And especially... Why does God let other people get away with it? We are not in so much of a hurry to ask why God lets us get away with it. We follow that with the logic that either God does not exist or God is bad. I like the Bruce Almighty film with Jim Carrey where God lets him be God for a while. He has the bright idea of answering yes to everybody's prayers. It ends in disaster. But fortunately, God brings a happy ending. I just can't see how God can create human beings to relate to with love and then be expected to move us about like dolls or toy soldiers. I want to choose for myself. Like every three-year-old when it comes to wellies, trainers or crocs. And some of us are going to choose wrong. 
Well, actually, all of us are going to choose wrong. I told my sons when they were young children to wear either shorts and crocs or jog pants tucked into wellies when they went paddling on holiday. I said when I was a kid and wore shorts and wellies, I got sores on my skin from where the wellies had chafed. They wouldn't take my word for it. And I had to tend them with savlon when they came home from playing. God lets God's kids make their own choices. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about our suffering when we face consequences. And God also heals us from our wounds eventually. And the third false belief is a cracker. The belief is that when bad things happen to people, it's a punishment from God. This is judgmental when we apply it to others, but even more harmful when we believe this about ourselves. Now, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about the hard time I had reconciling the God revealed in Jesus with some of the stuff I was reading as I started my Bible in a year routine. I have found a book and a set of YouTube videos to help. It's Bradley Jerzak's A More Christ-Like Word. In these studies, Brad talks about the different narrators and perspectives in our Bible texts and the different genres of books. And he talks about the book of Job. The book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And in it you will find the voice of the accuser, the voice of God, the voice of Job himself, and the voices of his friends. And the friends tell Job that all of his sufferings are his fault. God wouldn't punish him like that with hardship, loss and disease if he were not bad. And then God says that is a load of rubbish. Rather vehemently and in the form of magnificent rhetorical poetry. And God invites Job to let God care for him and restore him, which he does. What Brad wondered is why we have 30 pages of lies in the Bible from those friends when God was going to contradict them at the end of the book anyway. Why bother having them in the Bible at all? Then he twigged. The Bible shows the distorted human condition with all its tendency to blame and punish. And then it shows the utterly trustworthy nature of God. God's mercy, God's patience, God's wisdom and God's plan of universal redemption and restoration. The reason the friend's wrong thinking and wrong proclamation is in the Bible is because we still do it. We need to use passages like this to ponder the nature of our own finger-pointing, judgment and doom-spreading. 
and to repent and to allow our hearts to be made over. We get this wrong over disability and healing too. Proclaiming that sick and disabled people would surely be healed if only they have enough faith. It's been my experience that sometimes prayer works. Sometimes laying on of hands works. And sometimes people do not heal. Sometimes they die. But they didn't bring that on themselves. And God cares about them. God will restore them to Zoe life. I apologise for the pronouncements that I have made in this vein of thinking. Sometimes I talk a load of rubbish too. Please forgive me. So I figure that if we dispense with our three false beliefs, we might feel less squeezed if we believe in the happy ending promised by Jesus. If we realise it's human behaviour that makes bad things happen, God allows us to have free will instead of treating us like robots. But God has a plan to redeem and restore it all. And if we remember that suffering is not a punishment from God, that God loves us all and longs for our suffering to be over, God will heal us all. Then hope and faith will remain. But to quote Game of Thrones... The night is long and full of terrors. And we live in that not yet. Injustice and evil. Stupidity and greed hurt us. It seems that darkness is everywhere. But the light shines in the darkness. God is with us. And shall not forsake us. I will leave you with the words of Samwise Ganji from Lord of the Rings. There's some good in the world, Mr Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. We fight for it by believing in the one who is good and walking in his footsteps, even when it's hard. We are in the squeeze middle, but we shall see the happy ending. Amen.